Good morning, and welcome to our service for the Feast of St. Columba. Well, actually, it is Trinity Sunday, but I've taken the liberty of leaving that great theological feast aside this year and turning instead to celebrate the great St. Columba, who is credited with bringing Christianity to Scotland. Incidentally, he's also alleged to have been the first person to record seeing Nessie, a.k.a. the Loch Ness Monster. I turn to St. Columba because these strange and unsettling times we're living through call for heroes and stories. I don't know about you, but I find it hard to concentrate on anything too complex. Most of us are living in a state of brain fog just now. So stories are good, because they speak to our feelings rather than to our intellect. Stories also contain deep truth. You just come at it in a different way. So today we journey with Columba, who interestingly had a lot to say about the Trinity. We are gathered together as the family of God to offer praise and thanksgiving, to ask forgiveness of our sins, to hear and receive God's holy word, to pray for the needs of the world and to seek God's grace that through Jesus Christ our Lord and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we may give ourselves to God's service. Let us come before God confessing our sins and seeking God's forgiveness. You raise the dead to life in the Spirit. Lord, have mercy. You bring pardon and peace to the broken in heart. Christ, have mercy. You make one by your spirit the torn and divided. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, all we long for is before you, and our deep sighing is not hidden from you. But we acknowledge our wickedness. We are filled with the sorrow at our sin. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver us. O Lord, make haste to help us. May the Lord forgive what we have been. Help us to amend what we are and direct what we shall be, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Lord God, Heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, with God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, we worship you. We give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Collect and Readings for the Feast of St. Columba Lord God, who called your servant Columba from among the princes of Ireland to be a herald and evangelist of your kingdom, grant that your church, remembering his faith and courage, may so proclaim the gospel that people everywhere will come to know your Son as their Saviour and serve him as their King, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. The first reading 
is taken from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 to 4. The good news of deliverance. The sovereign Lord has filled me with his spirit. He has chosen me and sent me to bring good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to announce release to captives and freedom to those in prison. He has sent me to proclaim that the time has come when the Lord will save his people and defeat their enemies. He has sent me to comfort all who mourn, to give to those who mourn in Zion joy and gladness instead of grief, a song of praise instead of sorrow. They will be like trees that the Lord himself has planted. They will all do what is right, and God will be pleased for what he has done. They will rebuild cities that have long been in ruins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, beginning to read at the 13th verse. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the rubbish. Here's another way to put it. You're here to bring light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept hidden. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a basket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening us to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So, who is this St. Columba? He was born in December of 521 in County Donegal in Ireland, a member of the Clan O'Donnell and of royal descent. Columba was educated at a monastic school, and in 560, a dispute arose over a copy that Columba made of St. Finian's Book of Psalms. The result was Columba's instigating a rebellion against the king, culminating in a battle in which 3,000 men were killed. Following the battle as a penance, Columba was sent away from Ireland to preach the gospel in order to convert as many to Christianity as had been killed at the battle, and he was never again to look upon his native land. In 563, Columba and 12 of his companions left Ireland, landing eventually on Iona on the 12th of May that year. The island was then granted to Columba to establish a monastery. And at this point, at the age of 42, Columba for many years journeyed from Iona across the highlands and islands, preaching the gospel. He died in the monastery he had built on Iona on the 9th of June in 597. So how does Columba's story help us today? Well, he faced hardship, much of his own making, 
for which he paid the heavy price of exile. He allowed himself to become a light for the gospel. His story is one of the triumph of hope over adversity. But most of all, Columbus' story is one of reconciliation and repentance. And that is the part for me that speaks most clearly to the situation we find ourselves in today. I have to be honest and say it's been a long, hard week for me. Watching the news, not watching the news, because I could not bear it any longer. As a child of the 1960s, I grew up with the racism that is so deeply rooted in American society. It's taken many years and many hard lessons to relearn the history of the country of my birth. Because I'm white and privileged, much of the racism was just a part of normal everyday life. We lived on the West Coast, so it was not as visible in society as it was in the Southern states. But the racism was there nonetheless. I listened to the stories I was told at school in history class, stories from my family and my friends' families, stories with a strong bias toward the privileged white Western European experience. I was only in my 20s before I realized that there were many, many other stories which I had never, ever been told. Stories that didn't appear in the history books, or at least not the ones I was encouraged to read. It happened because at university, my part-time job brought me into contact with a nurse of Japanese descent who had been interred with her family during the Second World War. Taken forcibly from their home one day, immediately after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, they were sent across the state to a military base and kept there as prisoners until the end of the war. Only then to return home to find they had lost everything, house, jobs, and any hope they may have had of returning to a normal life. After listening to her story, which I have to say shook me to the core, I began to seek out other people to hear their stories, and it became an eye-opener for sure. Now, not a single one of us is immune from racism. Each of our hearts is stained with a prejudice, however small we may think it, a prejudice against someone who is not quite like us. It is tempting to hide that away, to not bring it out into the light. But Jesus is clear. We need to be the light. We need to be the source of God's colors bursting forth into our world. So we need to face our own sins of racism and prejudice and hold them up to God for forgiveness. And unless we can do that hard thing, share our stories, and listen to the stories of other with compassion, unless we can listen for understanding when their experience is so very different from ours, unless we can learn to see our world differently, then there is no real hope for change. Like a great many other Americans, I wept tears of joy when Barack Obama was elected president. And like many other Americans, I wept tears of deep sorrow when his successor took office three years ago. Having an African-American president did not change the deep-rooted racism in American society. It gave hope, certainly, but the events of this last week show that there's still a long, long way to go.
And here, too, in the United Kingdom, as in every country across the world, there are wrongs which need to be put right, stories which need to be shared. The Windrush scandal, the Grenville Tower fire, the children abandoned in refugee camps by the UK government. These are our own homegrown racism. In the message translation of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus tells his disciples to bring God's colors into the world. That is what preaching the gospel is all about, bringing to life God colors in our world. This is such a powerful image for our own time, a time when color is at the heart of what ails our society. Jesus tells his disciples to be open with others, to tell their stories, which give others space in return to share their own stories. And none of these are stories about some perfect life. They are stories about sin and repentance. Stories about forgiveness and reconciliation. Columba understood that. He preached from his own deep sinfulness and need to find restoration in the grace of God. There are no easy answers here. But the journey begins with a willingness to share genuinely share the experience of others, a willingness to learn new stories and to let go of stories that no longer hold the truth. We can only be the light of the gospel, shining brightly on the stand, high on the hill above the city. We can only be all that in the power of God. Father, Creator, Son, Redeemer, Holy Spirit, Sustainer. Amen. Let us affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, and born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the world we live in. Bless the work of all those who try to bring peace and understanding to those troubled parts of the United States of America. From the appalling horror and violence of the last two weeks, let us pray for a lasting resolution to the problems of race. And out of such violence and horror will come a determination to resolve the deeply held prejudices against Afro-Americans. Pray for God's peace. We must pray for the 400,000 people from this world who've died from coronavirus over the last four months. Whether young, middle-aged or old, very many of these deaths were unexpected and people died without their close family being with them. Pray for these families 
now are grieving and some, particularly doctors and nurses, have hardly had the time to even do that. Pray for all who are afflicted and for God's compassion. We remember all those in the medical profession who've worked so incredibly hard in the last four months and given of their time so selflessly. The unsung heroes, the porters, the cleaners and the cooks without whom the hospitals would cease to function. The chaplains, the imams and the rabbis who've had to take countless funerals, many of them for people they have hardly met, but each service is just as important to the family of the departed. I ask your prayers for Bishop Mark, as the primus give him the wisdom and good health to care for the Scottish Episcopalian Church and this our diocese. Pray for Cathy and give thanks that we can worship with her each Sunday. Pray for all the national health staff and all the support staff. We must pray for those families kept in crisis, inside in poorly maintained flats, sometimes with little money and deprived even of the benefit of children going to school. Pray too for the old and the infirm, living on their own, often fiercely independent, but also desperately lonely, but too proud to say so. Pray for families in crisis and those on their own. I ask your prayers for Her Majesty the Queen, for our governments under great pressure in the United Kingdom, and we ask you to guide these politicians and help them to reach the right decisions for the country. Pray for those who exercise power. Father, we bring to you now the special needs of people known to us as neighbours and as friends, those who are lonely, and those who are bitter or angry. Help us to be aware of people's needs and to give them our time and understanding. We pray that you will help and comfort all people who are in need with your love and reassurance. Pray for all who are afflicted and for God's compassion. Again, refugees are trying to get into the United Kingdom. These are people who are desperately trying to settle in this country and have given up everything and risked risk their lives to get here. Lord, let them at least be treated humanely. Pray for such people. We pray for all whom we have wronged in thought, word or deed, knowingly, and particularly unknowingly, and we pray God for your forgiveness. Give us your compassion to forget our own interests and have the wisdom and understanding to act for the greater good. We pray for your forgiveness. Hear us as we remember those who've died in faith and grant us with them a share in thy eternal kingdom. Grant these our prayers, O merciful Father. 
for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. We join our prayers in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for the gift of your holy word. May it be a lantern to our feet, a light upon our paths, and a strength to our lives. Take us and use us to love and serve all people in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You send forth your Spirit, O Lord. You renew the face of the earth. You send forth your Spirit, O Lord. You renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in all his works. You renew the face of the earth. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. You send forth your Spirit, O Lord. You renew the face of the earth. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you and all those for whom you have a care, this day and evermore. Amen.